Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Two Cups of Tea. I'm Chris Heath, and I've got the best job in podcasting, because I get to stick the kettle on, open a packet of milk chocolate hobnobs, and listen to another amazing life story from an older legend in their golden years. And today, you are in for a treat. I've travelled to Southampton to meet 87-year-old Brian O'Donnell, and he's led the most extraordinary life. Starting in 1931 in Guatemala at the foot of a volcano, raised amongst the Mayan Indians. His tale features deadly snakes, surfing on molten lava, cruise ships, the Guatemalan elections, hidden crocodiles, and not just one, but two pet monkeys. It's astonishing. It's also worth noting that Brian suffers from Alzheimer's. As is often the way, he occasionally struggles in the middle of sentences, but his long-term memory is intact, and he is a master storyteller. To be honest, it was a privilege to sit and talk with him. Towards the end of our conversation, he talks about how his symptoms affect him, and as he spoke, I realised that it's rare to hear descriptions of Alzheimer's symptoms from those who actually have the disease. OK, then, on with his amazing life story. I'll go in and set up the microphones while you listen to the theme tune. Let's do this. Now, a second ago, you asked me if I was a mush or a tosh. What does that mean? What's the what's this mush and tosh thing? The mush and tosh. The, well, anyone that was was born in Southampton, in Totten, yeah. is a tosh. If you are born in outside of Southampton, this side of the river, you're a mush. So the mushes and the toshes, and this is going back years and years when the dockers used to go down to load the various uh, ships that come in, yeah, bananas and all that sort of thing. Well, I used to hear them. Going to work, I said, "Hello there, Tosh. All right, Mush. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay, Tosh." And th- that's the way. That was the greeting in those days. Yeah, but Southampton is where you are now, but it's not where your life began, is it? No. So let's go. Let's go right back to the beginning. Right. When when were you born, and where? I was born in Volcán, which is um, the, the the name of a, a volcano. Yes. At the foot of the volcano. A volcano? Yeah. Our house was at the foot of the volcano. And uh, well, this is why it's called Volcan. You know? Yeah, yeah. From the same my mother point. and father. My father was a, an expert in coffee, in the coffee business. You can see pictures up there. Oh, yes. That's my granddad here, William O'Donnell, who um, was... Uh, um, What's the word I want? Sometimes you have to excuse me there because... Doesn't matter. Bit, you know. Um, William O'Donnell... Yes. ...was a chief surgeon at St. Vincent's Hospital in Dublin. And after the war, he left and he had his own practice... Yes. ...in Bournemouth. You go through the arcade, 
come out the other side, all Christchurch Road. My my granddad had his his, his surgery there. Yeah. And my father, he was English, born in, in Fishguard, you know, in, in Wales somewhere. And uh, and and I was born in Guatemala, amongst the Mayan Indians. Hence, the language I speak, Echi, is Mayan Indian. Now, the other language, of course, I was born with was uh, Spanish. You hablo español perfectamente. Tú no comprendes lo que te digo. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the volcano thing. So you yeah. were born at the foot. So is that where your your house was? Yeah. What was yeah. the What was the the family setup when you were born? Was it you, your mother and father, or mother? Both my parents. Yeah. You know, um, my father was in charge of four. Um, Coffee plants, coffee plants. Yeah. He had, uh, you know, a very good job. He was an expert in coffee, actually. Because, uh, and I was born in at the bottom of the volcano, which is borderline with uh, with the coffee plantations. Wow. You know? And, was, there, was it an amazing smell all around you all the time? Or? Uh, beautiful smell, actually. The the, the coffee, when it's, when it's being toasted... And it, you take a whiff and it's, it absolutely makes you... And was it toasted there on the farm well, as well? You, yeah, you had your bit. If you want, you toasted what you... We always had fresh coffee. Oh, my God. You know, and uh, if you wanted a cup of coffee, I asked the cook, our cook then, Ophelia, Ophelia, can you put some... Uh, uh, toast some coffee, please. <laughs> and my father always had his toasted coffee. And we had talking about Ophelia, which is, she was our cook. Yes, then we had Narcissa, who was the cook's cook. And then we had, <laughs> we had uh, Vicente, was the houseboy. We had the Narcissa. She was the one that made the chipates and, and all that sort of business, yeah. you know. So we had a household of, of, you know, the servants used to look after us. Actually. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, and was it just you, or did you have brothers and sisters? I had two, two brothers. I had two brothers. Yeah. Michael, Michael. And uh, Patrick. Patrick is the artist that makes all these paintings, you know, because he can contract the polio. Oh, goodness. Therefore, he learned how to write with his dodgy hand, if you like. Yeah. So did you boss them around? Uh, well, yes, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> That's as it should be. So the people who work for you, Narcissa uh, and Narcissa all of those... Narcissa, they're Indian. Indian so they were the, the Mayan Indians? Mayan Indians, that's right. So, I mean, I couldn't speak... I used to speak Lechchi. Yeah. I used to speak Spanish. I used to speak uh, the Mayan... Well, Mayan Indian. And uh, if I went down to the kitchens or something to yeah. see Ophelia, it would all in Spanish. Because they were more educated, a little bit more educated. Yeah. The the other the Narcissa, they would speak Kekchi only. My father learned how to speak Kekchi, and my mother learned how to speak Kekchi. Funnily enough. Wow. He used to tell the boys off the gardeners. We had three gardeners looking after the lawns and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Very comfortable. I used to live very comfortably. Because as a child, I can imagine Erchi. I imagine when you're younger, it's it's easy to, to learn, but it must have been for your mum and dad. That must have been quite difficult for them oh, to learn. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm, 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 I'm you know, amazed about my, how my dad and my mother 
how they learned Rechchi. Yeah. You know? And um, she used to call the, the gardener, say, hey, Vicente, come in. Hey, Vicente, come here, come in. Yeah. And that, that sort of thing my mother would be saying, Vicente, come in. So is 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 Kechi, what what language is it closest to? Is it closest to Spanish? Uh, no, it's unique. Because you know, it sounds it. Because when you were talking yeah. it, I, I I was trying to listen for you know either phrases or things that sounded like another language, and it, and it yeah. doesn't. It sounded no, no, no. What are you doing there? It sounds like an idyllic childhood. So, yeah. so did you go and spend time with you know with the Mayans? Yeah, oh yes. And and and, and go I'll, and play with with their yeah, children. And... I'll tell you a funny little story. Great. Because my mother and father both being English, so she was very strict with meals and things, you know. And I said, right. Um, she used to go up and see the cook. Yes, Doña Teresa. What, what is what? What are you going to do today? And. Uh, she said, well, I, uh, we'll have potatoes, we'll have this, we'll, let's cook. Yeah. And I hated potatoes. Anyway, I used to go up to the to the dining room mm. and look to see what the menu was. And I didn't think much of it, so I couldn't. used to sneak out of the dining room and uh, down to um, where Ophelia made the meals and things, you know. Yeah. And my favorite was black beans, black beans and rice. I love mm. black beans. And chili, plenty of chili, yeah. hot, you know, hot stuff. Anyway, uh, after I had my uh, my little session with the cook and all that business, yeah, my mother said, "Brian, lunch is on the table." <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, runs," you know. And, and uh, she, my mother used to say, "Well, come in, sit down, have some lunch." They said, "Well, I'm not very hungry, Mum." I said, "What?" You've been with those Indians again. <laughs> so you, you used to eat with them. You used to have the yeah, rice, that's right. the rice and the beans and the and chili. That's and you it. went back and the last thing you wanted was potatoes. Absolutely. I bet you couldn't even fit in one potato <laughs> after that. <laughs> uh, so I didn't like the, 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 the lunch that was put on our table. Yeah. But I loved the black beans and the tortillas, you know, nice yeah. big tortillas made of corn. Mm. You tear it and use, use it, you use it like a spoon. Oh, yes. Just, yeah. Delicious, yeah. Well, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about their, you know, their childhood and they used to go and build dens in quarries or they used to go down the, the local woods and people who grew up in around Britain but I imagine you had access to a whole different world of, of nature yes I can show you pictures of my pet monkey was Pancho a black long-tailed monkey you had a monkey yeah Pancho Panchito Pancho was a big one yeah Panchito was a small one you had more than one monkey as a pet yeah, oh my yeah. god I can't tell you how jealous I am do you know how many little kids you know in Britain you know, that, their dream is to have a pet monkey. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, anyway, I, we had the, I had the monkeys. What I did was from one tree, I took a wire all across down to the next tree. Yeah. So, okay, so the monkey can go from that tree, can come down, run along with the wire, and up the other tree. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what Pancho and Panchito did. Until one morning... Yeah. I woke up to see it because I used to give her bananas and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I, and I saw, I go, where's Pancho, you know? 
It was the tree was empty. And I walked and I got down and I said, and all of a sudden I saw this little black dot in the distance. Yeah. And I said, I started running to catch up to it, you know. And he turned around, he looked at me. Yeah. And he started running the other the other way. Anyway, I caught up with him, but as I caught up, I put my foot on the chain, you know, to stop it running on. Yeah. And uh, when he saw me do that, he then chased me. I turned around to run like <laughs> mad the other side, with a monkey behind me. Yeah, there, there was Pancho. So what kind of monkey was it? Uh, the long tail ones, you know, these... Oh, uh, the little... Little black tail. monkeys, yes, you know, yeah. with a long tail. Yes, yes, I know the ones you mean. And they climb up the tree. The tail is their third, fourth finger, you know? Yeah. Uh, do everything with that tail. And they don't let it go until they've got another handful yeah. of whatever, you know? So did you used to? You must have gone on adventures all the time in the, you know, in, well, the, in, the, had, in the, was yeah. it in the forests or was it quite rainforesty yeah. where you were? Where you were? But that was the common. There was a, it was a jungle basically. Yeah. You know, um, the, the places we had were cultivated because of the coffee, we planting coffee and all that sort of thing. Of course. So we had coffee fields. You know. What was your schooling like there? Well, when I first went to school from... Uh, I was always at boarding schools yeah. in my youth. Uh, and my dad, in fact, my dad built a school for us, you know, on the on, on, on his patch of land. Mm. So we had a Volcang, a school in Volcang. And then we had an American teacher, Miss Baker, who used to... She was our teacher, but she yeah. lived with us for a long time, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, Miss Baker. She's a lovely old lady, actually. Yeah. Um, she obviously passed away now. Uh, and then I had, uh, then I went to a German school before the war. This was, yeah. And I was at the German boarding school. I could speak good German at one time. I uh, German, Spanish. I mean, I was pretty good with the, yeah. all these languages. Yeah. Did you enjoy learning? Well, did you enjoy the school, you know, the process of... of... I, no, I didn't at the beginning. I mean, I was a rebel. Well, you had, a, you had this, this whole playground of yeah. amazing jungle yeah. out there. I mean, Land of eternal sunshine, you know, yeah. Guatemala. A beautiful place, beautiful. With the volcanoes, we had six volcanoes in the background. Were they active volcanoes? Yeah, fuego. Did they, did, were, you, were you ever there when any of them... Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? What was actually, that like? Actually, from our lounge, my friend Angel Garcia... From Kislam, didn't have a television. Why? Because we got the scene in front of us here, the big window, and uh, that's where we used to see the volcano erupt every night, you know? Oh and I've been God. up that volcano seven times in my youth, you know? You know not, not, not Pacaya, that yeah. was Pacaya, the, the other one, Acatenango is the other one. Yeah. And I could go up there, you take me about. Uh, Three hours to get to the top of the volcano. Yeah. But I could come down with the lava sliding down and right down to the bottom with stones sliding. Down. And I would do that in about 10 minutes. What, like surfing? Yeah, that's it. Oh my God. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, all the lava. The lava state, you're going with the lava. You didn't have, you must have melted your shoes. <laughs> well, it didn't do the shoes any good, you know, leather shoes in particular. Yeah. Uh, well, that's incredible. When I look back over the years, you know, I mean, I, I took everything for granted, you know. Living in, in, in Volcán was 
you know, amongst the Indians and knew them and they knew me and and their children were growing up while I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have a, a, tax, a taxidermist used to come to Guatemala in the early days. Yeah. Looking for snakes and frogs. And, you know, and this is his name was Larry Stewart. Yeah. An American. Well, he used to stay with us. But actually, he used to catch snakes more than anything. And this is why he got the nickname of Pancho Mataculebras. Pancho Mataculebras. What does that mean? Pancho, the killer of snakes. (laughs) (laughs) So he used to come out, he was a taxi, he used to come out, hunt snakes, catch them, and then stuff them. That's it. And presumably take them back and sell them for... That's right. He he worked for the university in, in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he'd eat them beautiful birds, stuffed birds, you know. And I used to love to go with him because, you know, I had my rifle and two-two rifle and all that sort of And uh, So did you used to go out on his little kind of expeditions with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, You know, I, I love going out with the, the Pancho Mataculebras. Yeah, well, that's a cool nickname. To, I, would, <laughs> I would want to hang out with someone who's called the Killer of Snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you funny. must have seen some incredible... Wildlife and incredible creatures yeah. when you when you were there. Yeah. What I had of... a collection of snakes, and you know, in a in a pickle. I used to have pickle in in the, in the jar, you know. Yeah. And uh, we have, uh, for for instance, um, a coral. It's a coral. It's a little snake with rings. Yes. You know, black, red, beautiful snakes. Yes. You only grow and grow about that big, and then we had. Uh, the the worst one, the most dangerous we had was called the uh, Rashkesh, which is Indian for the green snake. I've uh, heard of those. You, uh, what uh, happened was that if you go in the jungle, in the jungle, walking along, always keep your eyes open for. Yeah? And anyway, the Rashkesh hangs by its tail, and that's when you go, you go past it, and you touch it like that, you know, and it's really poisonous, you know. And you used to pant on you. I, I don't think I could have done it. I don't think I could have. I would have been constantly petrified. As I, was. I suppose growing up with it, it's just something that you get yeah. used to. But honest yeah. to God, I'm terrified of snakes. Yeah, I don't think. I think I would have just spent all my time crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old rashkesh was a dangerous one because it, it was because it was green, and you used to hang by it say, like a vine, you know, just yeah. an ordinary vine. Well, you couldn't see it unless you had your eyes open, or till it was too late, and it would go. Sh- well, you know, had long, long sleeves, it wouldn't That's be so amazing. bad. Amazing. But um, then, of course, uh, the Indians, we had a deer gave in the garden. I had my little deer. I don't know where those photos I've got. Um, well, it was called, they called him Bam Bambi, obviously, you know, yeah. because it was a small deer like yeah. a Bambi. And uh, then we had the Igbolai. Uh, which is a big fat snake, you know. Yes. And when the Indians see that, they all huddled together. Hey, it's here! It's here! Chasing you! And they're all chasing this poor snake, you know, trying to get away. Is that because it's but, a big, fat, tasty yeah, snake that they yeah, can right, eat? Right. No, they don't know. They won't oh. eat. The, no. But it will go from like from here to the to the television. Yeah. Big, so about snake. so about eight foot. Big big fellow. Yeah. And of course, I practiced. My practice was get my knife out, all the way down, inside, and then you peel, you peel the outer skin off, you know? Yeah. You hold it, hold it, your head like over there. 
Yeah, like a banana. Yeah. <laughs> Hold head over there, and then you, you pull the skin, and you pull the skin, and until the, 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 the body comes out away from the skin. Yeah. And then you get some, uh, to cure it, uh, we get some uh, lime, real lime. Mm. Take this out, take the snake, turn it over, and pull this to the, the skin. Yeah. And take it down, take it down, take it down, and let it cure. The, the subtle cute will kill it. Of course. And then you just, when it's cured, and it stops smelling as much as it did. <laughs> <laughs> we had, um, yeah, we had the old snake there. You know, on the wall, really cool. in my room, I had my big bonite snakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them do something similar to that in fishing villages with great big eels. That yeah, thing where yeah, they yeah. hang them on the hook and then slowly that, pull the skin off right. just the that's way you said. That's how you get yeah. the skin, yeah. And, um, that must have been... So many, you know, people of certainly my my dad's age, you know, they would read, you know, like little boys own adventure books and they would read you know the eagle you know and they'd all have those little articles about life in the rainforest and life in the jungle and it felt like a world away for all these kids yeah. living in you know little semi-detached terrace houses or whatever around, yeah. around britain finding things and that was your childhood yeah, yeah yeah was was amongst all of that with your two yeah. pet monkeys yeah and going out with the killer of you know, a guy called the killer of snakes and the crocodiles i had two crocodiles oh my god i yeah. would have, i would have been a blubbering wreck <laughs> you, you, you need a, a, a stick with with a fork like a v yeah, yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> and it wriggles while you yeah, pin it you, down yeah and you hold it down now what happened was that the water was a little bit scarce up where we were. Yeah. And the Indians had to walk quite a few miles to get their water yeah. from the tap. And I thought, well, now, where, where, where can I? I? I captured it and I got hold of it and I took him down and I put him in that big puddle of water. Yeah. And, of course, I went down the next day to see where it was or what it was doing, and it, it was dead. Mm. Why? Because the, the Indian with his machete... Found that the the, the 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 Indian women couldn't get to the tap to the, for water, so he got his machete down and killed it. And it was ferocious, mind you, because you know the the teeth are like little saws, so the edge of a saw. Mm. You know? So you had to be very careful with that because oh it's it's as tough as any old thing, you know, those mm. little baby crocket. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All of this was going on and you were, a, what kind of age? What, what kind of age were you? Right were, were from, you? I was born in New Zealand. And, and, I was and, born right through uh, till I was 18, 90, 20. About, about so that was not only your childhood, but your all of your formative years were, were spent yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah. did you go to university, or, or did you? No, I went to high school. Yeah. But, you know, that, 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 that was the boarding school. Yeah. And where was the boarding school? In Guatemala City. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mr. Hans Lenson was the headmaster of of that school. You know, and it was a very high, very sophisticated schooling, actually. Yeah. And. Um, People in what they with with money used to send it. That's where they sent their kids. If yeah. you like, well, I used to associate with a lot of uh, well-to-do sons and daughters, like and ambassadors' things. children, and things uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can I mean, the right, yeah. Like for instance, now there's Rita, the ambassador uh, in Chile. Yeah, Rita is my best my best friend's daughter. She's the ambassador in in. Goodness me! Yeah. A very clever girl. She's a lawyer, and uh, a very clever girl actually. And Enrique, almost the president of Guatemala, mm. he was my best friend. And he said to, I uh, said to me, he said to me, "Hey, Brian, the 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 elections are starting next week. Yeah, and uh, maybe we could do, you know, keep with us to foment the 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 movement as it were." Sure. Anyway, um, he said, "Look, Brian." If I win the next election, you're going to be my ambassador in London because you can speak the language when we can't speak that language, but you can. So we shook, on, shook hands on yeah. that. Okay, don't forget. And I think ah, yeah, I've got a good job for life, Steve, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, president, the, the elections came up. Mm. And, of course, everyone looks to see who... And our, our friend, Enrique's best friend, didn't win. Yeah. So I went up to the house and I said, yeah, Enrique, what happened there, you know? How come he's not? I said, you know, you, we should go on that. You know, shutting up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he said, oh, I'm sorry, Brian. He says, uh, I didn't win the elections because I'm too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> this is Enrique's joke, you know? Yeah. When you were, when you were young, what, what were your ambitions? What did you want to be when you grew up? The president of Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine there were probably some good perks with that job. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. So back in Guatemala, you you were up to the age of, you know, up, up to your Guatemala City. Guatemala City. Yeah. We Can left you... the farm. You know. Oh, how old were you when you left the farm? Well, yeah, about 20. About 20? Yeah. And do you remember what your first job was? Did you work on the farm or was Oh, I, I was in charge of, uh, you know, I was in charge of foreign passports. I worked for the Guatemalan government. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. 
And what happened was that uh, once you're you know, in that, that business, you know, you've got people, consuls and ambassadors and, and uh, Enrique got me a nice job, question number. They used to, I used to deal with the, with the passports, yeah. you know, foreign passports in particular. Sure. Speaking English and all that sort of business. Yeah. That, that was uh, an advantage. Hence, I, I got a letter there. I was in diplomatic corps in the end. Yeah. Wow. And my dad's always been in the diplomatic corps. Once he, he sold the farm and all that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, this is why they he, he moved. They moved to Guatemala City to a certain extent. And I used to stay there and do my bits and pieces in the farm and all sure. that sort of business, you know. So you worked in government. Yeah. Which is how you which is how you, you you made all these contacts with the people who are running for office and <laughs> that's right, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um so tell me a little bit now about when you left Guatemala. What, left... what happened next? What was your next chapter of your life? Uh I met my dear wife. Yeah. I was in England. No job. Because, you know, my parents came back to England. My mother comes from my my grandmother comes from Bournemouth. She's a Bournemouth girl. Yeah. It sounds so strange to hear all this talk of volcanoes and 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 monkeys and snakes and <laughs> crocodiles and then we then we're suddenly back in Bournemouth. Yeah, quite. <laughs> that must have felt that way to you too. Did it oh, seem like I a... hated I hated it. Going going back to, to Bournemouth, cold, freezing cold. God. And uh you know, uh, my my grandma was very good to us. They looked after me to a certain yeah. extent. But um, I was in Bournemouth when my brother came, was on, on leave. He was in the Merchant Navy. Yeah. And he was on leave. And he said to me, uh, hey, Brian, I'll, I'll drive you up to Southampton and uh, see if I'll, uh, to see the Marine Superintendent. Yeah. And uh, see if I can get you a job. We went and saw Mr. Um, Mr. Brown, piano. Anyway, you know, I can give you a job, but unfortunately, it's going to be not not a very good job. You know, you, you work for it, sort of thing. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't like mind. a basic job. I'll, yeah, I'll do anything. Yeah. yeah. And I joined as a DHU. You know what that is? No. A DHU is deckhand uncertified. Ah. <laughs> that's going to the bottom rung, isn't it? Somewhere to work up from. Uh, that's it. I worked up. Yeah. And then uh, bit by bit, I worked my way up OS, ordinary seaman. Yeah. Uh, DHU, deckhand, uncertified. Yeah. Uh, AB, able seaman. And then uh, a bit by bit, I worked myself up. And I was next to the captain, Brian O'Donnell, next to the captain. <laughs> and that was my job. Treasure Jones was my skipper. You know, so you went right from the, you know, from the, from yeah. the, the, the basic straight up to all the way up that ladder. Yeah, that's a huge achievement, isn't it? Yeah, and this is the Merchant Navy. Merchant Navy. Yeah, I've got uh, also this. I've got quite a few certificates. Yeah, certificates. But yeah, that that was you know, Sterling Castle was my first ship, and I worked hard on that ship. But bit by bit, I went on to the Athelos Castle, the Pretoria, the Preston, the uh, the Vikings and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And eventually with Cunard, uh, I took over the, uh, the 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 writer's job with Cunard, where, fortunately, my dear wife was there waiting for me. 
Oh, really? And this is way, <laughs> this is how I met June when I was uh, with Cunard. So, so how was it that you met? Well, I used to have the run of the ship, actually, and that job I had was a good job. Yeah. I had the run of the ship. Um, and to get from one the, the end or the, the, the stern of the bother ship, you like, yeah. you had to go downstairs underneath the, all the working surfaces. You, you, you know, you walk from A to B under the, under the ship, under yes. the work, work. And whenever I wake past, June was there doing some knitting, knitting. And uh, and she used to say, oh, oh hello. I say, oh, hello. And uh, I said, um, would you like a cup of coffee? I said, well, uh, not yet. I mean, I've got to get to the after end of the ship. To, so, was I, she, so was she a passenger on the ship? No, or was she working she on the ship? She was in charge of the nursery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she, she said, um, on my way back, I'll probably have a, a cup of coffee. Yeah. So I used to walk back, have a cup of coffee. Right, thank you very much. And it went like that each time I worked. It sounds like she had her eye on you. <laughs> you better ask about that. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, and that's the way I met you. And then she joined the ship for a while. And then uh, I went back to, you know, Southern Cross and all that sort of business, you know. Uh, good good years of my life uh, messing around. So what was the, the business of the ships that you were on? What kind of work was Hasn't it that the, they were doing? Uh, cruising passengers. Ah, okay. The, the best, they're all spent. Uh, not, not, not work ships, not banana boats or anything of that nature. Sure. You know, I wasn't in the catering department, in other yeah. words. I was on, on deck, on the deck department. I wasn't in the engine room. You were the public face. Yeah, right. And... Uh, you're on the ships, you have three three positions. You have catering, yeah. which is the hotel business. Yes. Okay. You have uh, um, engine room. Yeah. Which is to do with the, the mechanics. Uh, of, mechanics, yeah. you know. And of course, you you have um, the the deck department, which is uh, where I where I was. You know, my 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 office, my little office there. Yeah. And I used to sunbathe in the tropics, you know, going through around the Cape Town. Well, I was going to ask that. What was the route? Where where was it in the world Cape that you Town. used to go? Uh, Cape Town. Leave it Southampton at 7 o'clock, on the dot. Yeah. At 4 o'clock, on dot. Yeah. 14 days at sea, going down to Cape Town. Now, obviously, I used to love that because it was uh, I was looking for for hot climates, as it were. Yeah. Warmer climates. And blow me, I've got a job there of sending, sending myself on oh, deck. Oh, that's perfect, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> and my little office at the back, and I was never bothered. And when I left, and I got married. Do you remember your wedding day? My wedding day, yes, I do. Was that in England, or was uh, that? Yeah, yeah. Lovely country, country. Outlook, you know, Aunt Dorothy. Aunt Dorothy Corbett Winder. She, um, she had a lovely house, lovely land you know yeah and uh we had uh, my wedding outside with all the silver and all that sort of oh, champagne lovely. and yeah it was, it was a nice wedding oh that sounds fantastic yeah but aunt dorothy uh, she passed away and uh, the, the funny thing is with aunt dorothy we used to if i went 10 o'clock in the morning to see see her in her house mm. i mean she got a big lounge and all that 
And she always the first thing that she said to me, to me or to you, she said, oh, hello, darling. And, oh, the darling, would you like a glass of champagne? <laughs> well, that's the only civilised way to start the <laughs> yeah, day. Quite. If it's good enough for Churchill... <laughs> Right. Yeah, it was good enough for the likes. She didn't start. Well, she didn't have a cigar no, as well, no, did she? No, no, no. <laughs> it was um, Uncle Bertie, Uncle Windy, Windy. That's her husband. Yeah. Who, who passed away? But Aunt Dorothy was very uh, quite. She was. They had racehorses, you know, and uh, she had um, the Partridge family had a beautiful place out in the country, you know. Wow. And you drive up, you know, with all the daffodils in full bloom by the side, right up to the house. That was it. Darling, you like a glass of champagne? <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a lovely lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. Yeah, it, it sounds was almost nice. P.G. Woodhouse. <laughs> That's perfect. So yeah. just one of, your, it's one, of, one of your aunties. Um, so how long were you in the Merchant Navy for how long would you? How long were you? Did you manage to, uh, Wait, to keep going back years, and forth a, between a Cape Town? A few years, a few years, because I was on the ferries actually. In the end, yeah. you know, Thoris, Thoris and ferries. We used to we used to take the, the ship. You know, I used to take the ship. You know, steer across. Back, sure. You know, yeah. Um, I didn't like it too much in the end because it wasn't any more pleasure. I mean, it was rough seas across the channel. You yeah. know. Hanging on to God on the days. Yes, yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I'll tell you what, we used to say it hasn't hit so much rough weather there, I'll tell you. Um, I can well believe it. Yeah, and in fact, I remember um, one of the, the second officer, you know, Norwegian chaps, you know, and uh, we hit some bad weather. In fact, it was it said it, it is rough out there, so you better watch what you're doing and all that. Yeah. Anyway, we hit this rough weather, and the second officer was in a panic. And as he hit the next bay, he didn't show you the strength of the cabin. I'm in charge of the boat and all that sort of thing. Yeah. He was a scared stiff. <laughs> <laughs> you had to look, look after the guy, you know? It sounds like you, you had the most incredible. Uh, you know, I'm so envious, but you can probably tell. Um, had the most incredible childhood in, in the heat, and then came back, and then found, and then cleverly found a way yeah. to keep going back to the, the sunshine and the warmer yeah. temperature as yeah. part of your job. Yeah, it sounds right. like you yeah. literally had the best of of every world. Absolutely, as Absolutely. you as you grew and up I, and as you as you led your life. That's right. And I, I I appreciate that, you know. Yeah. I'm aware of that, you know. And sometimes, uh, you know, with my family, sometimes they don't quite understand my motives for, for various things. Yeah. So if you were to pass on a piece of advice, you know, or, or a lesson that you've learned over the course of your life, what would okay. you say it is? Okay. Now... Because I was in the driving business, the driving tuition yes. in the end, I worked, you know, my aim, my um, years at sea. Yeah. I can quote you the definition of a good driver. What would you think about definition of a good driver? What do you think a driver should be? Observant. 
and I would say observant and courteous. Yeah. Yeah. Careful. Well, careful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Would you like me to give you the definition? Oh, would, yes, right. please. Yeah. Is one who drives in such a manner that no matter what situation he may be confronted with and from whatever source, whether it's arising from safe behavior of other road users, state, state of weather, road or vehicle, no action or lack of action on his behalf will contribute in any degree to an excellent situation. I like that. <laughs> no action or lack of action. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, and I tell you what's good is you can apply that to you can apply that to life. Oh yeah. Which absolutely. is why you know, which is you know Absolutely. No, I, I usually do, actually. Yeah. I'm trying to be funny. Okay, Karutakwa. No, I was that so kechi. No, no. It's not gay kechi. But I could say you know, make This is why I get stuck, you know. I think probably because of my, I have a problem sure. beginning with, you know, what do you call that? That disease? <laughs> Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Sure, I understand. I'm on the touch of the Alzheimer's, so I do have my little moments, you know. Yes, I understand. I know there's people in my family who have the same thing, so it's just, the, just those little stops yeah. and then starts. I, I think like, all of a sudden you go dead. I said, you know, what the heck was I thinking? What was I thinking? Yeah. I mean, this happens to people, I can see. Yeah. So when I, have to, I have to watch that. Yeah, I understand. Know. I mean, writing. I can't write anything because I forget what, what the sentence is when I was thinking of a sentence and I can't think of the end of the of what I was writing. You suddenly find yourself yeah, halfway yeah. through a sentence well, and you don't know how it began. Yeah. What was, I, what was I thinking there? What is it? How come? Let me have a look at this. How do you write that? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's stupid, but that's the way it is. No, I, I completely understand. And that was Brian. Hearing him talk so articulately about his own symptoms was quite a thing, but it was also amazing to hear him talk with such passion about his own extraordinary life. As you'll have just heard in abundance, this podcast is about sharing fascinating stories, but there are well over a million chronically lonely people in the UK who have no one to share their stories with. If you'd like to know more about ways to change this, then please go online and visit campaigntoendloneliness.org and find out how together we can make loneliness a thing of the past. Thanks again to Brian, and also thanks to Acast for hosting the show. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.